What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are at in the world. It is Monday where we're at in Michigan. It is July 4th, 2022. Happy Independence Day, and I hope every made it, everybody made it through the weekend without uh, getting into too much trouble or injuring themselves, for that matter, with uh, good old-fashioned explosive fireworks at Goka Boom. Um, had a couple close calls, apparently, in my neighborhood. <laughs> I was asleep, of course, uh, so I didn't get to witness all the excitement, but uh, apparently one of my neighbors almost burnt down uh, their shed because one of the fireworks that they were setting off by the pond, I don't know if the mortar container tipped over or they had it pointing the wrong direction, but it shot toward their house, so that was awesome. And apparently, I think... It uh, another neighbor was just <laughs> another neighbor was just telling me that him and his uh, brother they were setting off like three, four, five canisters at a time. Well, one of the canisters apparently didn't go off, and they lost track with all the other ones that they were lighting up. Well, one didn't go off. They didn't realize it. He didn't realize it. He went over to it to get ready to drop another one, and then of course, at the very last minute, second actually for that matter, it goes off and literally shoots right in front of his face. I mean, inches. And he's lucky because, you know, th that was a mortar. So <laughs> I tell you, um, I, I like the stuff that goes up in the air and goes kaboom, but I had one close call when I used to live in Wisconsin. Um, it, it wasn't fun. So basically what the long story short was, we were setting off a bunch of mortars out in the field. I was living, uh, I had some roommates and it was a family farm of theirs. And so they had like two, three houses. They had like three houses on this property, but a lot of farmland. And so uh, it was my girlfriend at the time. It was her father, but I was living with her sister and her sister's fiance in a different house. And so um, 4th of July, they would go crazy with fireworks. And so we were letting a bunch off, to make a long story short, <laughs> one of the tubes tipped over. And of course it's out in the middle of a pitch black field at night. So, all I hear across the field, about 20, 30 yards, is, crap, it tipped over. I don't know which way it went. And so we're all running. Next thing you know it, all I see is a bunch of, uh, I hear the, I hear it shoot off. And then I hear an explosion. Next thing I know it, I see flares of light just going all the way around me, just raining over us. It's amazing I didn't get hit or burned. But, yeah. So I, I try to stay away from those. I don't like those. I don't think they make them very um, stable. I mean, even for being on concrete, 
I don't I don't think they make them very, very, you know, depending. It just depends on what you get. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, I guess there was a lot of excitement in my neighborhood, but I was trying to, you know, too busy trying to fall asleep and I only got like two and a half hours of sleep. Almost was late for work. It was great. So here I am. So welcome here at His Hard Line. And you are here. We are doing another episode of 1% with him. And we're going to be reading out of the book of Job. So let's just get started. So Job chapter 2, 1 through 13. And then we're going to read a little something that relates to uh, Job chapter 2. So again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Then Satan answered to the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil, and he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that man has, he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand now and touch his bones and his flesh. He will curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your power. Only spare his life. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a pot shared to scrape him self with while he was sitting among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this Job did not sin with his lips, now, when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, they each came, excuse me, they came each one from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Nemaithite, and they made an appointment together to come to sympathize with him and comfort him. When they lifted up their eye at the distance and did not recognize him, they raised their voices and wept, and each of them tore his robe, and they threw dust over their heads toward the sky. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights, with no one speaking a word to him, for they saw that his pain was very great. And that is the reading of Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. So what I wanted to read... In tandem with that, particularly relating to uh, verses 3 through 9. Now, this section in the Bible that I'm reading, the Founder's Bible, which again, this is the Bible I was telling you about that has history intertwined into it. This section is called Our Lives, Our Fortunes, and Our Sacred Honor. And I find it fitting because that's what we read at the last sentence of the Declaration of Independence. That's what they pledge to each other. And so Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And I didn't know that. I, I, I learned something today. But Job is the oldest book in the Bible. The first book written 
And Job is believed to have lived at the same time as Abraham, and therefore long before early Bible heroes such as Moses. The book begins with an interesting meeting. The sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And God proudly pointed out to Satan his faithful servant Job, but Satan argued that Job was devoted only because God made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side and blessed and increased his possessions. God knew otherwise, so he allowed Satan to touch all that Job had, which Satan did, destroying Job's family and his property. But God was right. Job remained faithful. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. The second chapter begins like the first, with Satan again showing up at the meeting of the sons of God, and God challenged him that despite what had happened, Job still holds fast to his integrity. But Satan claimed Job would change if his physical health was touched. God again knew otherwise and allowed Satan to touch his health, and Job remained fed steadfast which infuriated Job's wife, who, dis, who chided him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. And he didn't. And later, Job's friends arrived, and they convinced him that he must have sinned to bring this upon himself and thus needed to repent, and they accused him, attempting to induce guilt and change his view. But he stood firm, announcing, Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. God, highly pleased with Job, poured out double blessings on him. Notice the emphasis in this narrative of integrity. To God, integrity is an indispensable necessity for his children. A fact clearly affirmed by Psalm 15, verse 1, queries, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy hill? God answers this question by describing the character of those who will reside with him, including, in verse 4, those who keep their word, no matter the cost, people who walk with integrity. God even promises special blessings for those who live by integrity. With such a clear emphasis on integrity throughout the Bible, it is not surprising that the Founding Fathers considered it to be the highest human virtue. Signer of the Declaration, Benjamin Rush, who also stated, started the Sunday School Movement in America and America's first Bible society, noted, I think I have observed that integrity in the conduct of both the living and the dead takes a stronger hold of the human heart than any other virtue. The lesson of history, as well as his own personal experience, has taught him that an individual, whether living or dead, was most often remembered for his integrity, or lack thereof. As in the case of Benedict Arnold, the once highly lauded American military leader and a hero of the Battle of Saratoga, who will always be remembered for his one act of betrayal his breach of integrity. But what is integrity? Fortunately, Dr. Rush provided a concise definition and it states, by integrity I mean veracity, devotion to the truth, fidelity to promises, and a strict coincidence between thoughts, words, and actions. Notice, especially the latter part of the definition, integrity exists when there is consistency between what one thinks, says, and does. When actions actually match words. Inspiringly, integrity is a trait that was readily visible in the signers of the Declaration. When they penned that document and listed the 
principles of sound government as well as violations of them by the British, the founders announced that the secure to secure their objective, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They give their word to sacrifice all they had in order to achieve the goals they had set forth of in the Declaration. It is certainly impressive to make such an eloquent rhetorical promise, but it is quite a different matter to fulfill it, especially when doing so will place your very life at stake. But as history demonstrates, the signers of the Declaration were indeed men of integrity. They kept their word, and at a high cost. In fact, 19 of the 56 signers put on military uniform and went to war. Two died at the hands of the British. Seven others died during the war, and two were wounded in battle. And including those signers who also led the arenas outside the military, five were made prisoners of war, 17 lost their estates or fortunes, five incurred heavy debt by personally financing the war, 14 lost their families or were separated from them, two lost children, and three lost their wives. There is not a single recorded instance of any of the 56 refusing to deliver on his promise. Securing independence truly was costly for the signers. All of them, as John Adams acknowledged, Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make a good use of it. If you do not, I shall repent. I shall repent it in heaven that I ever took half the pains to preserve it. Mm. Integrity is important. In the signers of the Declaration and numerous Bible heroes, including Job, Daniel, Joseph, Jesus, and so many others, demonstrated that integrity. But how is integrity achieved? Joseph's story provided the answer. Story grew up in the American Revolution. His father was one of the Indians in the Boston Tea Party, appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court by President James Madison. Story is known as a father of American jurisprudence. Justice Story was very clear about how integrity is attained, explaining, and I quote, To secure integrity, there must be a lofty sense of duty and a deep responsibility to future times as well as to God. Integrity is born out of the awareness of a deep sense of answerability of, to God. Recall that before the signers of the, Declaration, of the Declaration pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, they first declared their firm reliance of the protection of divine providence. If there is not a genuine mindfulness of God and accountability to him, there is no real reason to keep one's word. When we know that we will give a full account to God and that he will either reward or punish us for the performance of our word that awakens a clear incentive, if we desire to please him, we will keep our word no matter the cost. And why not? That is what it is to be like him. Integrity is his chief characteristic. After all, since the dawn of creation, in the renewing of his covenant with us, he pledged his own life, his entire fortune, and did so on his own sacred honor. We have redemption because he kept his word, even though it cost the life of his own precious son to do so. He is a God of integrity. He does not make excuses. He keeps his promise every time. He is the founder and the finisher of the faith. And as his children, 
he has left us with a glorious promise that though it has not appeared as yet what we shall be, we know that when we, when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Oh, the riches of the life for those who choose to follow, to fix their gaze upon him and walk in integrity. May your word be your bond and may he be the glue by which you stick to it. Wow. I want to reread something which I think is very profound, powerful, sad, but really clearly demonstrates the integrity that was demonstrated, I should say. Yeah, the integrity that was demonstrated by these men, by the signers. Where did I see it? Yeah, right here. Wow. In fact, 19 of the 56 signers put on a military uniform and went to war. Two died at the hands of the British. Seven others died during the war. Two were wounded in battle. And including those signers who also led in arenas outside the military, five were made prisoners of war. Seventeen lost their estates or fortunes. Five incurred heavy debt by personally financing the war. Fourteen lost their families or were separated from them. Two lost children, and three of them lost their wives. There is not a single recorded instance of any of those 56 refusing to deliver on his promise. Securing independence truly was costly for the signers, all of them. Wow. I don't really know what to say to that. I really don't know what to say to that. Yet we have a nation that treats this weekend, treats this holiday as just another day to get paid on the paycheck and have another day off. A day to blokes crap up. They treat this day as another day to go golfing or drink or whatever. That's fine. But if you're going to celebrate doing all of those things, I highly recommend that it would be And of course, we're in America, so you can't you can't really obviously force this, but it should be practiced in every household that on meaningful holidays such as Independence Day, there really should be about a 15-minute time of reflection of what was given up what we broke away from, what the founders broke away from, what they were trying to build, and most importantly, what they put on the line to fight for that freedom and that independence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Every single one of those signers of the Declaration lost something. 
Some things were more precious than others. While some had the minor misfortune of accruing debt and getting injured, others lost their lives or the lives of their wives and children. I think I'd rather much lose an estate or be put in debt before I lose a son or a daughter or a wife any day of the week. And so those signers, those signers, all 56 of them, they lost, each and every single one of them lost something for our independence. And yet so many squander it and they just go around and say, oh, happy 4th of July, yeah. Like I said, yesterday I said happy Independence Day to somebody. I got looked at like I had three heads. You don't go around saying, hey, happy December 25th or happy 25th for Christmas, do you? No, you don't. Or you don't go around saying, hey, happy January 1st for New Year's Day. Or hey, happy 31st of December for New Year's Eve. You don't do that. Why do we do that for the 4th? Happy Independence Day. It's a happy Independence Day for us because we still have that illusion of freedom. And I, I say illusion for a reason, because so many people still are asleep at the wheel. And they have no idea exactly how close they are to losing this nation. And how close we were, very close, in, in previous years. Now, not so much now, because we have the assemblies in, in place, and we are people that are assembling in all these different states. We are bringing it back. But it requires more participation on your behalf. And I don't mean to kind of blend, you know, assembly stuff with, you know, daily Bible scriptures, but the two go hand in hand, because when we go about our assembly, business and again I, I try to be very very keep you know keep it very minimal of what we what i discuss here on the air about what we do in business but here's the thing we start each meeting and end each meeting in prayer so that goes to show you just how important god is to be at the forefront of everything that we do god has to be centered at everything we do those signers gave up a lot and they're probably rolling in their graves when they see the amount of people that just squander it. So, definitely something to think about when you listen to, you know, how much those signers lost. It really is. So, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for another day. Thank you for this Independence Day. Thank you for this great nation. And thank you for the sacrifices that those 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, thank you for those sacrifices that they give up. Some lost their fortunes in their estates. Some lost their own lives. Some lost their lives of their wives and their children. I can't even imagine that, but you know what? Those men walked with integrity. And it would be an honor just to even have 5% of that integrity. Because those were real men of integrity, just like your son Jesus Christ was when he sacrificed himself for us on that cross. And so I just pray to you, Father, that you help me and anybody else that listens here to walk in that same integrity, or at least close to it, 
so that we can do what's right for this nation and bring it back to where it needs to be. Legitimately one nation under God, one community united, all of us, one people. So anyway, thank you again for this nation and we thank you for all that you do. We pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. And so remember, ladies and gentlemen, here at His Hard Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. I haven't said that in a long time because I forgot it. I forgot to, I forgot to, you know, put that in at the end of every podcast. But that's what we're about over here. We are firm and we are steadfast and we are uncompromising. We will not waver to the enemy. We cannot. We have to press forward. We need to set pride and ego aside. Pride should already be eliminated anyways, because that's one of the seven deadly sins. But we have a lot of people out there that claim they want to return our republic. But yet there's this pesky little thing called pride that steps in their way. This is what I say. Drop your pride or step aside. So, but anyway... That's all I have, and uh, remember, just just reflect on what those signers gave up. All 56, remember that all 56 of them lost something. And so, till then or the next time, I will be back tomorrow. Let's see, tomorrow's Tuesday? Yeah, so tomorrow we'll be back for another His Hard Line um, 1% with him, and then we will have a one uh, His Hard Line discussion. Not quite sure what we're going to talk about. I'll have to pray on that with God and ask him what he wants me to discuss. So we, it'll be a surprise, I guess. We'll see. And so uh, let's see here. I'm just reading the chat board before I leave. Let's see here. Well, happy Independence Day to all of you. And uh, let's see here. Still not getting notifications for the new shows, but I checked Telegram. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm not sure how that works to get, hmm. I'll have to play around with uh, with the app to see if I can figure this out. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, um, I, I'm glad you love the shows too. Um, you know, it's funny, somebody actually, and on a little side note, somebody was even emailing me saying, hey, thank you so much for pressing forward to, you know, educating us. You know, I wouldn't call it educating. Like I do my, like as I read, I'll be honest with you, I'm educating myself at the same time. <laughs> if, if truth be told, I'm not an expert in any of this. I want everybody to know this. Like I'm going to be completely transparent. I just read and research a lot of what, what needs to, you know, that I feel is very important with where we're headed in the future here, especially in the near future with what's coming down the pipeline. And, um, you know, I learn at the same time. I just happen to learn like literally 12 hours before you guys learn it. I mean, if I'm being completely transparent, but I do appreciate, I'm glad you guys love the information and the education segments that I do at the His Hardline Quick Look. Um, but just remember, I'm, I am not, um, you know, I am not uh, the expert on anything. I just happen to just learn it about 12 hours sooner than you guys. <laughs> so, but anyway, I really hope, and you know what, speaking of which, um, uh, I know it's your nickname, but I'm just going to go by Fred. Um, I've been noticing, I've been looking at my, my, uh, analytics on the back end for Podbean. And I gotta say the top five States, this is pretty cool. I gotta say 
top five states that download this podcast, I mean, I get all 50, but the top five that frequent this show is Michigan for obvious reasons. Number one, um, you know what? I'm going to bring it up on my phone in real time here. Let me just pull it up. I'm just really curious now. I'm going to give you real stats here, and then we'll close this out. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, Michigan is number one. Come on, phone. This is what happens when you have a crappy iPhone. All right. Here we go. Yeah, so Michigan's number one. California, number two. New York, out of all states, number three. That's crazy. Yeah, number three. Yeah, Fred, you've been doing awesome. I Seriously, like California has been consistently number two. Actually, I should say last month, Georgia was ahead. And Georgia was actually solid. Um, then California was number three. But yeah, it goes Michigan, California, New York, Illinois, and then Florida. Yeah, and then Georgia after that. So it's been... Uh, yeah, it's been very, very crazy. Um, but yeah, California number two. So woo woo. So appreciate all you guys do out there. Seriously, and not just in California, all everywhere. Everywhere that shares this podcast. I really do appreciate it. And um from the bottom of my heart. And you know, I know sometimes I may say some things that ruffles feathers. I got an email regarding the abortion topic. And um, I see where I saw where they were coming from. I'm not going to read the email on the air or anything like that. But, um, you know, obviously my my stance is my stance. But however, I will say this, that sometimes my delivery on some things that I believe strongly on, sometimes it comes out a little abrasive. And so um, almost to the point of alienating. And so and I get it. But again, I will, I will never waver from my viewpoints or um, or ever apologize for when I say, but I do try to be cognizant that I don't purposely offend anybody because I don't really ever set out to do that. That's not my goal. I don't want to offend anybody, but I will not be apologetic either for my own beliefs and opinions. That's just, that's not how I roll. And you know, the way I see it, somebody really hates what I say. Well, thank God it's a free nation. You can go somewhere else and listen to some other, you know, individual. So, but you know, I say what I say. So God bless each and every one of you. Good to see you here, Randall. Good to see you here, Fred. I hope you all have a wonderful night, a wonderful Independence Day. Please be safe and have a good week ahead. We'll see you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer, and you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.